Thanks for joining me on the Tech of Sports and iHeartRadio this week. And uh, excited to uh, uh, talk to uh, a friend of mine with a new book out um, and one of my favorite uh, states for the sport of golf. We're going we're gonna to discuss that with the new book, South Carolina Golf, Bob Gillespie. Uh, former newspaper guy, now turned uh, book author. Bob, I know it's really nothing new for you, but uh, exploring uh, your state, the, the great state of South Carolina, in book form in regards to golf is, uh, is really fun, isn't it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I could, you know, I used to, I had a, t- a job after I left the newspaper business where part of my job was to promote golf in South Carolina for the State Department of Parks, Recreation, and Tourism. So anything that I didn't already know or hadn't already seen in the 30 years prior to that, I kind of got a crash course in the, in the next eight or nine years. Um, and, you know, without getting on my soapbox by South Carolina, it's probably one of the most golf-intensive states for its size in the country. There are here, – here's, here's one of those things you can use at trivia night sometimes. South Carolina has almost exactly the same number of golf courses as the country of Ireland about 350, 360 golf courses across the state. Uh, most people obviously know more than anything about probably Myrtle Beach, but yep. uh, you've got the ocean course at Kiowa, which will be hosting the uh, 2021 PGA coming up this May, held the 2012 PGA, of course held the famous 1991 War by the Shore Ryder Cup. And then one of my favorite places that I uh, attended uh, for about 40-odd years in a row uh, before COVID hit, is the uh, RBC Heritage down at Hilton Head at uh, the famed Harbortown course, built the fir- actual first course uh, built by Pete Dye in conjunction with Jack Nicholas. Of course, 1969 when they built it, Nicholas got all the publicity, but Pete did all the work or did most of the work. Yeah. So yeah, there's. I mean, you can go to the Upstate, you can go to Midlands, you can go the Aiken area over near Augusta has its own history tied in with the Masters. So. There was a, it was a treasure trove of stuff, and really, to get a, a book in this, this size, which is not a huge, it's about 200 pages, uh, we actually cut, we had to cut stuff, we had to retain stuff, and I'm thinking maybe there's a second volume in here one of these days, but for now, it's really nice to, you know, in, in a time of COVID, it's really nice to get a book out and uh, have it ready to go, uh, release dates March 8th, so. I know I've rambled a little bit, but I think you kind of left me wide open there. I figured I'd cover a lot of topics. That's what I do, Bob. You got it all in there. The book is South Carolina Golf. We'll dig a little deeper into it here. Uh, 200 pages, 19 chapters. Uh, not not only just covering the history of the state, but specific uh, people from the state uh, that were important to golf, uh, important uh, places. Uh, I agree with you. I'm a frequent visitor to Hilton Head, and, and Harbortown is my favorite course uh, anywhere in this country, yeah. and uh, it's really uh, um, it's it's beautiful, it's relaxing. But really, maybe no state in this country has got the the varied history of golf as South Carolina has, almost 300 years, and really, uh, it's it's not all the same. It's uh, it's really varied, diversified, the, the types of courses, and uh, South Carolinians are, are proud of their golf history. Yeah, well, and you mentioned, you know, the history part of it. Uh, my colleague, Tommy Braswell, who spent, oh, gosh, close to 40 years writing golf for the, the Charleston Post and Courier. Um, he and I met when I worked down there in the late 70s. But uh, when I decided, uh, when they offered me a chance to do this book, I said, you know, I know a lot about golf in South Carolina, but nobody knows more golf about golf in the Charleston and the Low Country than Tommy Braswell. 
So he was he was anxious to get involved. He was kind of like me. We're both old guys who wanted to have a book on our a book with our names on it before we died. And uh, but Tommy, you know, was really key in the, <clears throat> the opening chapter. Is a lot about how golf came to, to America in the 1730s. Uh, there are records that show that the first recorded uh, shipment of golf equipment from Scotland to the, what would become the United States, then of course with the colonies, uh, came into Charleston. And uh, Tommy did a lot of work on that. You know, again, you know, in, in both cases, both of us have written a lot of this stuff in the past, just as part of our regular job. And But this was a neat chance to kind of go back and uh, revisit that, reacquaint ourselves, maybe further uh, educate ourselves on what there is with golf in South Carolina. And historically, one of the areas that maybe not a lot of people know about, but is the Aiken area, which is only about 15, 20 miles from Augusta, depending on what part of town you're in. The Palmetto Club, which is a private club in Aiken, uh, is um, the oldest course in South Carolina, the second oldest, i got to get this right, the second oldest golf course on its original site in the United States, second only to the Chicago Golf Club. Uh, Palmetto's been there since 1892, and uh, back in the 30s and 40s, people like Ben Hogan and Byron Nelson, all of those, you know, the famed people would play in a uh, annual event over there that preceded the Masters. And uh, one year, the winner of the uh, tournament in the, at Palmetto actually won more money than the winner of the Masters. Wow. The, checks, the checks were that much different. Uh, but the, you know, more recently, in the 1980s, <clears throat> excuse me, Ben Crenshaw was uh, brought to Palmetto. Uh, he was told that this would be a uh, place where he could go and work on his game and be specific to the conditions he would face in terms of green contours. You know, the grasses aren't the same, but, you know, there was close enough. Uh, and uh, the year that he won his first uh, Masters, he prepared for it by playing at Palmetto. And then just maybe 10 minutes away from Palmetto in Aiken is a real gem, one of my favorites anywhere, a place called Aiken Golf Club. Oh, yeah. Started life as the hot started life at Highland Park uh, in the 50s. Jim McNair Sr. Uh, bought it and operated it under kind of adverse conditions uh, given its contract with the city. But now his son and, uh, and Jim the third, who, you know, uh, all the McNairs played college golf. Uh, the senior golf senior played at Duke and the uh, father and uh, rather his son and now grandson uh, played at Clemson. And Jim McNair has just done a fabulous job. He has spent a lot of his own money to bring the course back to great conditions. Just played there last week, in fact. Uh, not very long, less than 6,000 yards from the back of the tees, but has a great Pinehurst-type feel to it with, you know, wide fairways, uh, not, nothing that you would really call heavy rough, uh, running into pine straw and pine trees on the periphery, a lot of sand, not a ton of water, and just, you know, it, Better writers and better golfers than me have played there and declared it uh, one of their favorites all in all the world. Michael Bamberg, who sure. I think a lot of golf uh, re readers know, wrote about it and, and called it one of his favorites. Uh, there's a recent book out, <clears throat> not mine, unfortunately, uh, by Tom Coyne, who you may remember wrote you know, A Course Called Ireland and A Course Called Scotland. He's now got one out called A Course Called America. And in there... He has two listings from Aiken, well, three listings from Aiken. Palmetto, I think, maybe his highest-rated course in South Carolina. Aiken Golf Club is just a shade behind. And the third one in that area is 
the Memorial Putting Green, which uh, Jim McNair Jr., the current owner, built in honor of his dad, and it's right there next to the clubhouse. It mm. takes up maybe, I don't know, you know, less than a, much less than a half acre. But it's just a little putting course, lots of contours. There's even a little sand trap that you play into if you got to play out of it with your putter. Uh, and again, I know I'm rambling because there's just so much stuff to talk about it. Yeah. Um, that Aiken is probably maybe my favorite place outside of the Columbia to go just for a very relaxed, casual round of golf. Now, big-time golf, obviously, Myrtle Beach, Hilton Head, yeah. uh, the Charleston area, Kiowa, Wild Dunes on the other side of Charleston, Kiowa. Yeah, again, I could ramble on, but uh, you know, help me here. Direct yeah. me a little bit. No, well, you, you gave a great overview again, Bob, and uh, I, we know you're passionate yeah. about South Carolina golf. Um, we got a few minutes here left. Uh, maybe no place uh, has more varied opinions on it than Myrtle Beach, and uh, – um, you know, it, it, it's great for golf, and but what, uh, what what's your opinion on Myrtle Beach? And, uh, you know, it's it's affordable golf. There's really uh, a lot of different types of courses, historic courses there as well. And uh, why, why does Myrtle Beach have such varied opinions? Well, again, that's a longer story than we probably have time to. There was a gentleman back in the 50s named Jimmy D'Angelo who was hired at the Dunes Club, which is one of the yep. uh, old, one of the two oldest courses there, the other one being Pine Lakes, which was built in the 20s. And a lot of courses back then, of course, were built as uh, amenities to resort properties in there. You know, back then, Myrtle Beach was just this little little seacoast town that nobody knew much about. But D'Angelo reached out to golf writer friends of his around the country, and it's it sort of parallels, in my mind, what the way that uh, Bobby Jones and O.B. Keeler promoted the Masters, where they would convince the writers who were in Florida for spring training to stop and play golf and write about it on their way home. That's what they did with Myrtle Beach. It started out again with um, with Pine Lakes and the Dunes Club. Now there, at one point, there were a hundred more or more courses in Myrtle Beach. Uh, the economy and things have cut back on that, but it's well over eighty now. Yeah. And the neat thing about it is, it it, it covers every range of golf. If you're a bunch of guys from Michigan who want to escape the snow for a week and go down. You can play very affordable courses all around there. But you can also come in there, and there are two beautiful courses by Mike Strantz, uh, who's fairly well-known, I think, in the architecture world, uh, Caledonia and True Blue, uh, right there together near Pawleys Island. And that is as good a golf as you'll find anywhere. So yeah. my point being is that you, know, you can go out and play a course that'll cost you, you know, 35 40 bucks, or you can go you know, double that or a little more and still play a course that's comparable to some of the best courses anywhere. Yeah, we're wrapping up here with with Bob Gillespie, and uh, South Carolina Golf is the book. It's out uh, March 8th, Arcadia Publishing. It'll be available everywhere, uh, Amazon and online and, and bookstores as well, uh, South Carolina Golf. 200 pages and 19 chapters covering uh, everything in, in South Carolina Golf. So, uh uh, maybe one underrated course, Bob, that uh, in the state. Uh, I know there's some great courses inland as well, uh, but maybe an underrated course mm-hmm. that that you like and your and your friends like that a lot of people don't know about. Oh boy, that's a little hard. I tell you, there's a couple of them. I'll throw a few out. Pick one that is a great course that uh, is kind of a hidden another hidden gem is the Furman University course in Greenville. Okay, uh, it's an older course. It's been reestablished a few times. Uh, uh, Greenville is better known for its private courses, Thornblade, which is where the golfer Jay Haas and his family live, and then Chanticleer, which is a Reese Jones course built in 1970 that has been rated among the top 100 in the country at one time or another. 
And I'm trying to, you know, I'm kind of rambling around here trying to put my finger on one particular. There's one that I really like, and nobody knows much about it. Um, it's called the Plantation Club, and it's at Edisto Beach, which is about an hour south of Charleston on the coast. Yep. Uh, it's in. It's not on the ocean, but there's plenty of water. It's a tight little course. Uh, it's always in very good condition. And Edisto is just one of those. It's, Edisto is an old family beach. People would go there. They own homes there. Now there are a few condominium properties and some hotels and stuff. But it's still got that kind of old-time South Carolina small beach, small beach community vibe. And the golf course is just a blast to play. It really is so much fun. Yeah, definitely like to check that out. Great, uh, great stuff. Bob Gillespie, South Carolina Golf. We'll put all the links in the show notes. And uh, can't wait to dig into it, Bob. Thanks so much for coming on. And uh, we love uh, South Carolina for golf and vacations. And uh, um, can't wait to see what you have coming next. Okay, great. Thank you, Rick. My pleasure. Okay, Bob. Good luck and take care. Okay, hey, where are you located? 